0: On to what matters. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning, only on Newcastle Live. Welcome back to the program. It is Thursday, the 10th of November. Can you believe it? It's 21 degrees outside. It's going to be mostly sunny for the rest of the day. So make sure you take advantage of it. Go and sit outside. If you've got your own home with a lovely backyard, go and sit outside in the sun. If you don't, well, I've got uh, just the three gents in the studio this morning to help us through a little bit of uh, of this process. If you can't afford a home in Newcastle, if you don't know where to start, Well getting a plan is probably the first thing that you need to do and it's really not an easy thing to do and uh, we've got first home buyers, we've got a market at the moment that is starting to drop so we're seeing a drop in prices but it is certainly a very very interesting market. Joining me in the studio this morning it is Derek Lodge, good morning
1: Good morning Tracy.
0: I've got Scott Pfeiffer Tracy, How are you? And Edward Matthews Hello. Morning, how are you? How are you guys? You good?
1: Very good. Very good, yeah
0: Now obviously uh, you've all joined together and uh, you're planning these events Uh, the first one is happening uh, next week but you've got a couple planned over over the next uh, few months and into 2023 is it that hard at the moment for people to know where to start? I'll, I'll start with you, uh, Derek. You, you can start us off.
1: Yeah, it certainly can be. Um, uh, the, the whole idea of these seminars is just to provide information to people that haven't purchased houses before. Um, knowledge is power, so mm. the more that we can empower people to make the best decision for them and set them up and, and create a plan, whether they're looking to buy now or in the next twelve months, uh, we can certainly put them on the right track.
0: So, what what is the first step? And I, I suppose we you know we need to go through the, the step, don't we? So. Is the first step making sure that, you know, obviously you're budgeting. That's, that's the first thing you, you need to do. I, I had a conversation with the gentleman from the Salvation Army the day before yesterday just about mortgage stress and, and how tough it is out there and when to ask for help. But the first thing is to, to get a budget underway, isn't it? That's the first thing to do.
1: Uh, yes, oh. Absolutely, knowing where you spend your money uh, is the is the key to everything. Yeah. So that way you know what you can afford. Uh, that rolls into yeah, your loan repayments and so forth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, obviously, one of one of the things is uh, that I often wonder. Yeah, do you make sure? Have you got? Do you get your money first? Do you go and talk to to a broker first. Do you find out what you can borrow, or do you go and find that house and go house shopping and then go and and find the finance? What's the best way to go around about that? Well, there's two things. There's the best way, and then what everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> Let me guess. The best way is to get your finance first, but everyone else goes and looks. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: So more often than not, as the uh, the licence conveyancer, I typically will get a phone call and go, Eddie, I went to an open home yesterday. I love it. I've been told I've got to beat other people to it. What do I do? And I always say that the first step is definitely the money. And I think that now would be a good time for Derek to give him a bit of a rundown on what to do.
1: Oh, Likewise, I get phone calls on Monday morning saying, yeah, I was at an open house on Saturday, really interested. What what, mm. what do we do? Um, and that's uh, – I'm more than happy to talk to people like that, but if you go back one step, if people have spoken to a broker uh, – it doesn't even have to be a broker. It could be mm. a bank, anyone that's going to look after them uh, – find out what they can afford, set themselves up, and so then, when they hit the market and they're talking to real estate agency, ready to go. Mm. So therefore, the whole process goes a lot quicker and helps people like Eddie in that in yeah, their, process in their as well.
0: processes. Scott, one of the biggest issues at the moment is obviously the fluctuating prices around the place. You know, we've got uh, we've got some properties dropping significantly in some areas. In other areas, are uh, they pretty stable? Um, what are you finding at the moment? What's the market like? Um, well, and in terms
3: of people getting started with property. Uh, a lot of people think oh look I'll wait I'll wait for prices mm-hmm. to fall further and uh, but but really uh, when you buy a property it's not about the next one year two years you know, this is 10 years 20 years mm-hmm. and uh, so sure market prices will fluctuate and that's one of the reasons why uh, a lot of young people especially don't do anything because they think oh next year will be better and they try to find the right, a better time to buy mm-hmm. a property but I always say it's not about It's not about um, timing to buy a property. Mm. It's time in. Uh, And the thing is to get started. And even before um, they arrange their finance, um, I think a lot of people, a lot of young people especially, say, look, this is too hard. I'm not going to do it. But uh, one of the reasons we're having these information is to help them plan and set a goal. And it's amazing what happens, i found, when you set a goal.
0: Yes, absolutely.
3: Um, because what I don't like, and we love, we all love, the three of us love helping young people get started. I think they're, they're our favourite oh, absolutely. clients. Hmm. Uh, it really uh, gives us a buzz to see young people get started because that's the key, hmm. to get their foot in the door. Um, and if we can help them set a goal and show them how it, it can happen, we don't the last thing we want to do is see them in 10 years time think oh where's that all that money gone? Mm. Where have I spent it? And yeah
0: and you've got no idea where you spent it Yes mm. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. What about things like budgeting? I mean uh, I know that that's one of our biggest issues and uh, you know and saving for our deposit. At the moment, what, what is it is it 10 to 20 percent? What, what do most mortgage holders need to, to be able to get into the market?
1: If you're looking to borrow anything more than eighty percent, then um, you'll need to pay lenders' mortgage insurance. So there Which are just few... so
0: expensive.
1: <laughs> it certainly is. There are a few schemes for first-time buyers that, that may help them get into the market. Um, but if you're not eligible for one of those schemes, then twenty percent will get you outside of that. Um, but normally, with about a ten percent deposit, you should be right with a lot of lenders yeah. uh, to get you in the market. But it's uh, w- with budgeting and, and so forth. It's uh, if people go back and look at their statement over the last 30 days they get I'll get a good idea of what they're spending those $5 coffees twice a day all those sort of things mm. and uh in relation to goal setting as Scott just mentioned if you give people a goal that they need X amount of dollars then it's amazing yeah, they only need mm. one, they only need one coffee a day, or or might yeah they they do whatever they mm. have to do to get to that figure a lot quicker. So, so
0: do you work with people? So, uh, you know, if people come in and say, I, "I want to, I want to get into the property market," I've got, uh, I've got ten thousand dollars saved. I know I need a lot more. Can you help me? Yep. Is that part of a mortgage broker's way to get you into this um, property market?
1: I can't speak for all brokers. Mm. Um, I I like to talk to people about mm. those things. I don't go to a granular mm. level and and sit down and. and talk all the nuts and bolts but I do talk on a, um, these are some of the areas that we can look at, even insurances Mm. um, shopping around for those, electricity, all those little key factors that can save dollars here and there. putting their money away uh, at the start of the week so they get paid, put their savings away first. Uh, If they're anything like me, whatever's in in the normal account just gets withered away throughout the week. So um, it's all about having that plan and setting those goals and knowing how we're going to achieve Mm. what we're going to achieve in in those timeframes.
2: Derek, an opportunity for you to teach me something is uh, broking uh, sometimes the ability for the debt consolidation as well.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, a lot of what I do. So um, maybe yeah. just, yeah,
2: explain, yeah, yeah, explain, explain that, to explain me, that yeah. in English.
0: Yeah,
1: so <laughs> um, often I'll speak, uh, speak to people that might have uh, like a credit card, a personal loan, a car loan and all those... Uh, debts, repayments get taken into account. Afterpay, zip pay.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, don't forget those things.
1: Well, they're the big killers at the Mm. moment, yeah. Um, All those sort of things uh, have an impact on your borrowing capacity. So sometimes the first step may well be just putting all those debts into one, minimise the repayments to maximise the borrowing capacity Mm. um, going forward. But it's, 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 as Eddie just said, it's those little ones, the afterpay, the zip pays, the the buy-now-pay-later stuff that people just get caught up in as a way of life, and mm. it's uh, overall, it's not a great.
0: It's not, it's not. You know, the old lay was, it was a great system and it worked, And it, but we're now in this, this society where we want it now and we'll pay for it later. Yeah. And that's why we've got interest rates for credit cards sitting up around the, 20, you know, 19 to 24%. And as you say, if you can consolidate all of those things, get everything sorted first and foremost before you go into your mortgage broker or into your bank, that's a good place to start, isn't it, for younger people?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And, the, and personal loans, car loans, all those sort of things are mm. uh, things I can help people with. Uh, So it's just a matter of coming in, having a chat. This is where we're at. This is where we want to be. Mm. How do we do that? And and that's the process I take people through.
3: And the other issue is with Mm. ZipPay and Afterpay that uh, lenders don't like it at all. If you apply for a home loan, uh, any first home buyer uh, get rid of those So you're
0: telling me to home. get rid of that off any of the well, bankings I've got <laughs> I don't use any of them by the way they're all at they're all at their maximum availability <laughs> but yeah. but yeah but I have my have my name against I think f- I've got Zip Pay I've got Afterpay I've got whatever the Commonwealth Bank's one is so I have them there for yeah. a rainy day but is your recommendation to ditch those well,
1: If if they're being used mm. uh, banks will often so they don't know you as a person they mm. don't know anything they're just looking at black and white on paper so uh, if people that constantly use Afterpay, ZipPay, and so mm. forth, uh, it, it sort of sends a subtle message that they they don't have the money to. to be able to do what they want to do and buy what they want to buy mm-hmm. so everything's just put on credit and things like that so it's not, not the best look um, and then as I mentioned before all those limits affect your borrowing capacity mm. yeah. each, each $1,000 worth of limit affects your borrowing capacity by about $6,000 or
0: 7000 Okay I'm going to get rid of them all thank you thank you for that I, I appreciate that uh,
1: uh, and
2: I, that would also apply for credit cards as well because a credit card would be something that someone could just show up tomorrow and spend $5,000 on their credit card mm. and
1: Absolutely. What, how,
2: how much would that impact somebody's borrowing capacity?
1: Well even a 5000 limit there's about thirty thirty five thousand with a borrowing mm. capacity so in the, in this tight market it's all these little things that um, you, you need to look at to mm. make sure you can get into the house that you want to get into
0: Scott I'm going to come back to you uh, to you again um, now some of the issues that um, that we've got is you know where do we buy you know uh, okay so my 15 year old wants wants a house in Hamilton South she's not paying for it but that's where she wants to live <laughs> on your mum. yeah exactly come
1: dreams, on, dreams are free
0: yeah exactly um, so Okay, she wants to live in Hamilton South or Meriwether or wherever. We don't have the capacity, you know. Are you looking at, you know, 1. 1. 1.3 and upwards to even get into, into that area? What is a, another way to get in? You know, I mean, obviously that's where she wants to live, but can you invest somewhere else and make that money work better for you and live where you want to live? Yes,
3: when we, we all keep saying the idea is to get started. Mm. And so many young people think oh, I'll never get started because it's so expensive. Mm. Um, you know, I'll never be able to save enough for a deposit. Uh, I can't afford to live where I want to. Uh, but there is another way, and this is what we'll be talking about at the information evening, that uh, to provide hope to people, to young people especially, that they can get started. And one of the ways is, uh, and I presume your daughter would be paying a, quite a large amount of board. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah of course <laughs> she does, yeah. Uh, but um, if you're happy to have her at home, and I've come across this quite often, where uh, young people uh, think oh, I'll never be able to afford to buy a property and that might be the case to live in Um, but I say to young people look why don't you stay at home if your parents or your mum's happy to keep you at home uh, or share keep on sharing rent and buy an investment property elsewhere Mm. and where it's cheaper you know further out in the outer suburbs uh, just to get started Mm. Um, and a lot of young people say to me but I'll miss out on the first-home benefits if that's the case. But really, in the long-term, first-home benefits, whilst it's good, it's a help to get started, mm. in the long-term, it's only a little tiny blip uh, on the capital growth that mm. you'll get out of the property. Oh,
0: When you're talking about a property you know, that you've got for 20, 25 years, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's just a tiny blip, isn't it?
3: And the other thing is uh, the borrowing capacity to buy an investment property is a lot higher because lenders take rent into account as income and also... Uh, the, uh, t- they some lenders take into account the tax deductibility of the expenses on the property, but again, it's about getting started. Mm. And one thing I love about property is that it actually imposes a discipline on the young person. Yeah, they can't go and spend as much on things that they don't know what they're spending on because they have to meet the, the repayments on the on the
2: home on the
0: home loan. loan yeah. yeah, you're not wasting it to you know to go go on holidays around uh, to yeah. England and yeah. all that kind of stuff.
2: And and even the comment there, Scott, uh, you raised a good one about the stamp duty. Well, stamp duty might be a considerable amount, but if you've got the ability to find a um, a vacant block of land that you can build on, well, you're only paying the stamp duty on the land itself. Uh, You'll be able to get a loan for the land, get a loan for the construction, and then you're not paying it on the total cost of the finished product. Mm. You're paying it on the land that you've purchased up front. So, yeah, just, you know... There's lots of tricks, isn't there? There is, yeah. Mm. Being able to figure out which way to find the best yeah, the mm. best property that will work for you. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure that, yeah, Scott, you could, yeah, you'd be familiar with properties you could secure as an investment property for the land and the build for around the, you yeah, know, mid-fives, early sixes. Mm. Yeah, somebody that has a deposit of as much as, yeah, as Derek was saying earlier, yeah, that puts us into the bracket of, yeah, $30,000, um, which yeah is a lot more achievable mm. um, if you're looking at
0: buying an investment property. Very much so, guys. We might take a quick break and uh, and have a bit of a, uh, a bit of a song, and then I want to come back and have a chat. And uh, in particular, I want to talk to you, uh, you Ed, about uh, conveyancing, and and because that's uh, conveyancing is something that we all go, what the hell do they do? <laughs> okay. So we'll uh, we'll come back in just a moment. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live, and we're talking about how to get yourself into the property market. If you've got a young one out there, if you're trying to get back into the market we'll be back with you in just a moment here on newcastle live tracy mack on newcastle in the morning welcome back to the program joining me in the studio this morning are Derek lodge scott pfeiffer and ed matthews welcome back gentlemen back. thank you now obviously one of the big things um ed that uh yeah we, we hear this word conveyancer and we all go <laughs> what the hell does that mean <laughs> why do we need a conveyancer when we when we buy property
2: so my my job is to um I said summarize the contract into and translate it into English. Um, yeah, it, it's well known that you, you can receive any sort of terms and conditions, and you read through them five times. They don't make sense. Uh, a, a good conveyancer's role is to pick up this document. Small one can be forty pages. Big ones can be over five hundred pages. Put that into a couple of dot points to just explain what the risks are, um, what the next steps are, and mm-hmm. how best to. I guess we can't we can't extinguish, uh, we can't get rid of the risks, but we can always just make them as small as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, the The most important thing is that you know it, it's also a long, uh, as Scott said, with you know owning the property, it's a long term process. The legal the process can also be quite long as well. Um, a good example of that is. Uh, yeah, we we all know that today today's the tenth. Uh, if you don't buy uh, exchange on a contract uh, at an open home this Friday, you're not going to be moving in this Saturday, I should say. You're not going to be moving into it for Christmas. We're six weeks away from Christmas, and all contracts a minimum are a six, six week weeks. Six weeks, yeah. So if you if you haven't bought a property yet and you're looking at buying one next week, you're moving into it in the middle of January. So it's my job to explain these points of the contract things mm-hmm. that people might not have considered and just i guess set them on the path about look there are a thousand and one things you need to do mm. but let's just look at the next step and depending on what stage the purchase comes to me then that yeah, that'll dictate the next step for them
0: obviously there's also things like pest inspections building inspections cooling off periods um i know some people you know Occasionally, very occasionally, you can have you know a five-day cooling-off period. Other times, a ten-day cooling-off period. But all of that is really important, isn't it? Because exchange times are, are so integral that if you don't meet that exchange time, you lose your money, you lose your property. There is so much that goes into this that is so essential from a from a legal perspective. So it really, we do need that conveyancer, don't we? Absolutely. And
2: and the point of the cooling-off period, it, it's I guess the 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 best. Uh, the best aspect of the cooling off period is it's going to remove your competition. You go to an open home, even now with the market cooling, the prices may be coming back, but we've still got a dozen or so people at every single mm. open home. As a buyer, you've got to front up to that open home. It's a property that you like, and you've now got to beat 11 other people that also like that mm. property. Sometimes the best thing to do is to exchange uh, a contract, uh, put your offer forward and see yourself exchanging a contract with a cooling off period as quickly as possible. Um, there are pros and cons to both, uh, as there is risks of everything, but you could um, miss out on a property you love because you're stalling, waiting to hear back from something that you'll get an answer for during the cooling off mm. period. The cooling off period, I like to see it as a bit of an insurance policy. You may be putting down, you know, one thousand six hundred dollars, uh, but it's it's insurance to make sure that no one else comes over the top of you and offers an extra one thousand dollars on the property, mm. offers an extra, you know, fifty thousand dollars. As soon as the contract is exchanged, the owner is locked into selling to you and then you've got the ability to actually take a step back. Take a deep breath. Mm. I've had the negotiation with the agent, I've got to the stage now where we've, we still realise we love the property, what's our next step? And that, that, that cooling off period, as it says on the tin, it gives us a chance to cool off after mm. the hype of the open home, the negotiations, whatever else it might be.
0: Obviously, yeah. Uh, what what else do we need to know? So before we uh, before we go into into these uh, these auctions, or I hate auctions. <laughs> before we go into auctions, before we go in to have a look at at a property that's on on the market, what do we need to know from a legal perspective?
2: From a legal point of view, I guess it really comes down to what is it that you're hoping to get out of the property? Is it a property that you're looking to move into? As I said earlier, is it a property that you need to be in before Christmas? Um, whatever your individual circumstances are, that can all that will all form part of the, I guess, the negotiation. So it's more than just a price. When you're when you're talking to an agent and you're at a property, it's more than just, all right, I see that the price is set at this. I'm going to lowball the owner to see if I can get a good deal, or I'm going to throw my price right at the top of the price range to beat out the competition. Mm-hmm. There's more often than not more than price involved, because if you're in a situation where you, like I said, you you need a little bit more time to save just an extra $5,000 for the bank to then give you a bigger deposit, maybe a longer settlement might be handy. Mm. So you can say, well, look, we will offer a little bit extra, provided that we have a longer settlement. Mm. So... I guess the the one thing to be aware of isn't so much the legal jargon, the legal perspective, but know your goals, know what you want to do, and know when you need to be into a property, know mm-hmm. when you need to be exchanging and settling, and being aware of these you know, these milestones of when do you when are you going to be in a position to pay the deposit. When are you going to be in a position to take the keys and start moving into your new home? If they're the two most important things, then everything else can be negotiated mm. with the agent. Um, yeah, I, I detest auctions as well. I think that they they create a lot of unnecessary pressure. Uh, they're a great marketing campaign for agents. I've got a lot of friends that are agents, and I hope I didn't offend anyone when <laughs> I said that. <laughs> but um, but with the um, um with the auction process it can really put a lot of agitation into the negotiation uh, process and and sometimes it's always good to just be able to take that step back and go right well we do want this house but we need it for this reason or we need it for this time frame so these are the, re- the have that discussion with the agent mm. they're going to be your best friend they're the only person between you and the owner so if you try to beat them at their game if you try to play games with them that's not going to help you out. No, they're always going to look for the path of least resistance. So the the more open you can be with an agent, you'll be surprised how much that can help your offer. And I know that you're probably expecting a conveyancer to be talking about you know terms of a special condition, <laughs> terms and special conditions within a contract. That's all semantics. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, you're not in, you're not buying a property to learn the legal side of things. know you know my role isn't to teach you what I learned at university. My role is to make sure that you know what you're buying and you're getting there comfortably. And yeah. sometimes there is a, a little bit of like say agitation that's required, mm. but yeah I'll, I'll, it'll be my my role or the role of a, a qualified conveyancer to get you there as comfortably as possible.
0: So my big question to uh, to all three of you is the one of the biggest uh, impediments to for some people is stamp duty. Um, you know, we're still going through the politics at the moment. Uh, there's no way that the stamp duty will be removed or will be changed before we go to an election in March. I, I can't see that happening, and I'm pretty sure you guys would agree with me on that one. Um, so, stamp duty—it is a—it's a big impost. It is a big expense. Um, what's the best way? Obviously, uh, your stamp duty goes just gets factored into the, into your loan. That's that's the best way to do it. If you want to avoid stamp duty, where do you, what price range do you need to be in?
1: So for first-time buyers that are going to live in the property, um, if you purchase something under 650, then at the moment there's the first-time owner's grant, which is no stamp duty. So um, that's something that that Eddie takes people through um, in the whole process. But yeah, 650 and below is the mark if you're an owner-occupied purchaser
2: in In Newcastle, we all know there's not a lot of properties that are under six hundred and fifty thousand. Mm. We yep. do we do get a consideration from the um, six hundred and fifty one up to eight hundred. Uh, but again, it's it's only just a consideration. Mm. Um, there are other um, other options as well. we We are hearing that in January there will be the land tax that will be coming out, which will be an option for someone to continually to pay the land tax, yeah every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there are pros and cons. Your individual finance will will dictate that, and maybe that would be something that you would consider.
0: Yeah, I, I, truly, I don't understand the land tax. I don't understand why you would not just pay it up. You know, pay, pay it, it as part it. as part of it. It makes no sense to me because no. all you're doing is putting. And once that property has changed to that, you've got no choice then. You have to, you, you know, the, your property comes with that that new way uh, of, of paying the land tax. Absolutely. I just don't understand it. I could, we could, we You and I could talk about this all day, <laughs> but that's more of a political conversation. It is a political than, conversation. Uh, than
2: a property one. But yes, you're right. The, we, some, of the, some of the downsides of land tax would be that rather than paying the stamp duty up front, if you've got that savings set aside, or again, as you've said, including that in your weekly mortgage repayments, we don't know what value the um, the state government will place on the property. So mm. your stamp duty, your land tax could be one thousand dollars this year. Two thousand dollars next year, yep. four and a half thousand dollars in three years' time. It's a cost that we can't control. Whereas knowing what the value is up front, you can budget for that for mm. the next thirty years of your loan.
0: Which makes a lot more sense. So Scott, tell me all about uh, tell me all about your first home seminar. Where is it? When's it happening? And uh, and how can we get involved?
3: Okay, it's uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, which is Wednesday the sixteenth, at the Blackbutt Hotel in Orchard Town Road, New Lambton, uh, and it starts at. 6 p.m.? 6
0: p.m. I was yeah. going to say 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 6 a.m. at the pub. See you there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must admit, though, when I saw the location, I'm like, hmm, so, you know, these guys are trying to get me to stop spending on my alcohol and they're going to hold it at a pub. You oh, gonna a sh- you're going be- oh, okay. yeah, to so shout me a beer? Oh, okay. So you're not going to shout me a beer?
3: No. it's a great venue there, actually. Oh, uh, it's they've set it up venue. well out the back there.
0: Yeah. Um, no, it's fabulous. So obviously, if, if you want to own your first home, if you want to get into the market, if you just want some advice from three, uh, three very well-known and well-credentialed, people that's the place to go isn't it get along bring bring all your all your things all of your questions obviously there'll be presentations but then you guys will be there to answer questions yeah
3: as I said earlier uh, the main thing is to get started get Mm. the foot in the door and the three of us are there and the whole night is around uh, helping people get started taking the stress out of it if they if they're ready to go Mm. take the stress out of it Uh, because so many people don't do it because they think it's far too hard Mm. and that's one of the main things we're looking at doing is um, Explaining how it is can be easier, mm. and helping people get started and
0: providing for their financial future. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Start saving now. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you coming into uh, into the studio with us. Uh, so that uh, first home information evening, it's happening at the Blackbutt Hotel, which is in Orchard Town Road. Uh, it's happening Wednesday the sixteenth from six o'clock. And if you want more information, if you head to the uh, Newcastle Live website, you'll find all of the details there. Derek Lodge, Scott Pfeiffer, and Eddie Matthews, thank you so much for coming in and uh, explaining the process to us.
1: Thanks so much. Thank, thank you. Nice.
0: Thank you. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked-about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines. What it is, why it matters, and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning weekdays from 9 on Newcastle Live.